0: Hi there, and welcome to the Oompal.com podcast. I'm Oli, and for this episode, I'll be chatting with the incomparable Bruce Weaver. Bruce was recently on the cover of the spring issue of Pipes and Tobacco's magazine. Allow me to plug that fine magazine before proceeding. Seriously, folks, if you're anything like me, you love your gadgets and your tech, but there is nothing, absolutely nothing like holding a nice glossy magazine to thumb through at your convenience. It's beautiful, it's portable, it doesn't need charging, and you keep it forever. I love collecting these magazines. If you don't have a subscription, go get one. You'll love it. Okay, back to Bruce. The man with serious talent and blasts that will leave you absolutely stunned. I first met Bruce at a Chicago pipe show years ago, and let me say he is the quintessential southern gentleman. What a stand-up guy Mr. Bruce Weaver is. If you ever get to meet him, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. The following podcast was made possible by Monstrosity Pipes. Help support the podcast by adopting a beast today. Guaranteed and verified by numerous sources worldwide to be the ugliest pipes available anywhere. This podcast was recorded on July 11th, 2010. Sit back, grab a pipe, and stay a while. I hope you enjoy. Okay, with us tonight we have Mr. Bruce Weaver of B.A.W. Pipes, and Bruce, tell the folks where you can find your pipes online.
1: You can find them at B.A.WeaverPipes.com.
0: We are hanging out in the studio of Mr. Todd Johnson tonight in lovely Tennessee, and uh, Bruce, let's, why don't we start by having you tell us um, how you got started making
1: pipes. In 2006, I went to the Chicago Pipe Show. And was in the pipe making seminar. Within the first thirty minutes of holding briar and working with files and so on, I just knew immediately that this was for me. When was your very first
0: interest in pipes besides pipe making? Was it before that? Did you start smoking before that? Or.
1: Uh, Twenty-five to thirty years ago, I went to a tinderbox in Lexington, Kentucky, when I was on a business trip, and bought a camoy and uh, some tobacco. And of course, the tobacco was an aromatic. And I still have the pipe bag that those aromatics were in, and it still smells the same from twenty-five <laughs> years ago.
0: Did uh, did anyone in your family smoke a pipe?
1: Uh, Occasionally my father would years ago When my mother had a rhinestone covered one That she would pull out every once in a while Oh wow, that's cool An old K Woody White with green rhinestones and a green stem
0: So tell me about that first experience At the pipe show When you decided to uh, uh, give a shot To that that first uh, seminar
1: Well for 20 years or so I had bought and sold Dunhill's and thought, well, jeepers, I've been around pipes for this long. I might as well just go ahead and try and make them. So that's when I uh, signed up for the pipe making seminar, sat next to Gunner Weber Prada. And uh, we just decided that we wanted to make something different from the other people that were in the uh, the class, which was just seemed appropriate he was an artist, and and I just didn't want to make the same thing as everybody else.
0: Tell me about the, uh, you said you bought and sold Dunhills. What was that all about?
1: Because I like to make money, <laughs> <laughs> simply. So you know. did you do
0: it online, or did you do yeah, it? Yeah, I
1: did it online. I first started out with Prodigy, and then went to AOL, and then when finally when... Uh, uh, ebay came around. I started uh, buying and selling on there.
0: How did your project go at the seminar? Were you pretty happy with what what came out? That very first pipe that you made.
1: Yeah, I still have the same pipe, and it's a good smoker. And I, uh, it was a rustic partially rusticated pipe, and uh, yeah, still a prized possession. Who
0: taught the classes that year?
1: Levon Irk taught the class.
0: And um, after that first uh, seminar, how soon after that did you start uh, making pipes on your own?
1: When I got back, I started reading everything I could online about pipe making and got in touch with Tim West and Levon Urk and asked them questions in regard to lathes and so on. And uh, my first piece of equipment was a uh, a drill press and a few pieces from Tim West, a tenon turning tool, and and I just started from there.
0: And how how soon after that that first seminar uh, were you able to make your next pipe?
1: I think I first made pipes in August after I started getting equipment together and. One of the, after the uh, drill press, first thing I bought was a uh, uh, dust collector and uh, a shaping wheel and a French wheel and started getting down with it
0: and um, let's making see. ugly
1: pipes, <laughs> really ugly pipes.
0: <laughs> and how soon were you kind of in into the regular swing of things? As far as you know, making pipes on a regular basis,
1: I went full bore into it because I was addicted to it. It was uh, it was exciting, and I forget when the Columbus show was, but that was my first show. When is that? In November or something like that, I believe. And I went to that show and sat next to Rad Davis, and he was a really nice man and very helpful and giving a lot of tips and so on
0: you ever do commission work?
1: Uh, most pipe makers live off of commission work. Yeah, I do commission work all the time.
0: Have you always worked with wood or sculpture in some kind of way? Previous to getting your hands on briar?
1: No, I didn't think I had any artistic ability. I, although my mother was an artist for many, many, many years. And I thought, well... Let me see if I can tap some of this artistry that's uh, somewhere in the genes of the Weaver clan.
0: Who were some of your mentors along the way?
1: Well, I studied with Levon Urk and I'd done a little bit of time with uh, Tim West. But I guess the uh, the turning point was when I started studying with Todd Johnson and really learned how to make a pipe at that point. What influenced your style in the
0: beginning, and how has that changed?
1: Having smoked Dunhills for so many years, and mostly billiards, and having heard other pipe makers talk about how hard it was to make a billiard... That was uh, one thing that I really wanted to learn how to make. And I just like the standard shapes. They uh, seem, uh, the billiard's really hard to do right. But once I started working with Todd, I started going more of the route that he did. Well, not anywhere near what he does, but uh tried to do more Dana-style freehand, uh, working on symmetry and everything else.
0: What would you say keeps you motivated and challenged from pipe to pipe?
1: Just wanting to make a better pipe the very next time.
0: Tell me about one of your biggest pipe-making successes, and is there a pipe that once you've finished... It was a, a just like a really major accomplishment that was maybe out of your normal scope.
1: My first blowfish that Todd make me, made me make. Oh, yeah. Tell me yeah. about that. But prior to that, it was actually the first time I ever took a block of briar and put it to a 36-grit wheel and started shaping a pipe. Yeah. That was exciting, and it was uh, just the way to go. Made everything just fall in line and be that much more simple.
0: And was that after the show? Was that after the, the seminar that you went to?
1: That was two years ago.
0: And that was uh, a wheel at
1: your house? No, you, it was it, a wheel here at Todd's. Oh,
0: okay. Tell me about the blowfish and and uh, how that all came about.
1: One day I came over here and I said, I'm going to make a blowfish. And he, Todd gave me a funny look like, yeah, sure. But he, he helped me along the way, of course, <laughs> you yeah. uh, know sent me in right directions and so on and I've made a couple since then and they're uh, very difficult but a lot of fun to make just le- learning how to follow symmetry in line and having your hands do the work tell me about one of those
0: pipes that didn't work out
1: which one? <laughs> <laughs> The ones what the maybe, maybe the one that was like
0: the biggest, yet like you really wanted something out of it and something happened. And uh, what
1: it was, uh, about three years ago, I was making a pipe and I thought it'd be really cool to have a great hand field. And I thought it was a pretty neat looking pipe. And I showed it to my youngest daughter and she said, That's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and the next day, somebody <laughs> bought it, and and I've regretted it. To this day, I should have just thrown it in the trash. (laughs) It was ugly.
0: You didn't like it? No. uh, I guess it's one of those, uh, you know, to each his own. I know that there's plenty of uh, things that I bought that I'm sure plenty of folks thought were pretty darn ugly. So, Um, Tell me about some of the rare materials that you use with your pipes.
1: Uh, mostly the rare stuff is just the vintage Bakelite and uh, some of the more difficult materials to to turn and to sand file. Um, and right now I'm working on a, my first uh, ivory stem. I've done ivory embellishments, but never a stem out of ivory.
0: What's some of the hardest material that you've worked with?
1: non-stabilized items that for uh, shank embellishments and so on. They'll break or so on. When you start
0: making a pipe, do you begin on paper or do you start drawing right on the block or do you do a little bit of both?
1: Sometimes I just grab the block and have an idea of exactly what I want to make. And other times I will draw on the block to lay out the topography or the the box it out originally and then start shaping.
0: Besides smooths and uh, blasted pipes, do you do any rustication? None. Just smooth or blasted?
1: Just smooth and blasted. Mostly blasted.
0: Tell me about your sandblast because I I saw one the other day that I I hadn't seen a blast quite like that. Tell me a little bit about your sandblast because they're really something else.
1: Well, actually, the the type of blast I do enables me to develop the topography first off and then to work the rings yet to keep the symmetry of the shape. So what I try to do is just uh, create the rings so there's true definition and yet maintain the true symmetry. So if you were to look at it from angle, it would look like a smooth pipe still. But if you look at it straight on, you'd see that it's naturally a blast.
0: How long have you been working on this blast? Because it's it looks um, completely different than blasts that I've seen in, um, rec- in any memory, really.
1: I've been working on it for a couple of years and it's. Uh, I just, I wanted to go after the briar in a different fashion than anybody else had ever done it before. And, you know, my, my blaster is somewhat distinctive where I don't go uh, straight in. You know, I, I I try to work the angles. Um, let's say if it's a volcano, I orient the block of briar so it, it appears as if we have uh, a flow of lava and so on, and, um, I just really like blasting, it takes quite a few hours, um, uh, most people wouldn't have the patience to do it. it, it takes a certain type of personality to sit and work it, uh, for hours. And the listeners out there, if you haven't
0: seen, um, Bruce Weaver's blast, just go to his website, check it out, and, uh, it's really something, something special, um, Check it out. Let me know what you think. I think it's really awesome. Bruce, how do you stamp your pipes?
1: I simply stamp it with a B-A-W and uh, the year, the last two digits. So this year would be 10.
0: About how many pipes a year do you make?
1: I uh, make right around 80 pipes a year.
0: Are there ever any pipes that you make that it's either completely impossible to part with or very... Difficult to part with
1: There have been a couple of billiards that I've made that I really, really wanted to uh put into my regular rotation, but I have enough pipes as it is, so you know it's uh I want other people to enjoy the work.
0: Speaking of your regular rotation, do you have a favorite pipe or a couple of pipes that you smoke on a regular basis?
1: Oh anything mine. Of course. But I am partial to Dunhill 197s and also Group 1 and 2 Dunhills. Straight grain. I mean, not straight grain, but uh, Sandblast.
0: What's your favorite tobacco right now?
1: Well, I've been buying Dunhill three-year matured. I pick it up whenever I can. Um, No longer made. And I uh, normally mix it half and half with uh, McCraney's Red Ribbon.
0: For folks out there who want to be pipe makers, what are some words of wisdom you can pass along to them?
1: Seek all the help that you can. Uh, It's awfully difficult to... Figure out all the tools of the trade right on your own. Uh, Ask questions because most pipe makers are all extremely willing to give any information you ask. Uh, It's a small community and they're all very, very giving. What can we expect from Bruce Weaver in the future? In the future, I'm going to start working more uh, towards standard shapes with my own little vent to them.
0: Mm. Very cool. Um, real quick, I just wanted to mention how Bruce and I met. It was at a Chicago pipe show. It was the Friday before the show really got started. It was the pre-show. And I was walking around with a pipe that I made from the seminar. And... Uh, Bruce knew that I was in the seminar because he came down and, and saw some of the people, some of us, you know, working on pipes and stuff. And so when I passed by his table, I was looking at his pipes, and he said, uh, hey, where's your pipe that you, uh, that you made? You got it with you? I said, yeah, it's right here. And he said, well, let me take a look at it. So I showed it to him, and he said, well, you, you, haven't, you haven't lit it up yet. You need to light that up. And uh, just like that, Bruce pulls out some tobacco and gives me some and it was just one of the nicest gestures i've ever had from a complete stranger and uh, i will never forget that it was just the, the the most kind thing that somebody could do and i just thought it was really cool that this pipe maker was like hey um here you go here's some tobacco you need to throw it in there right now and light it up and and have a good time and
1: so i'll never forget that i really appreciate that bruce well, it's funny i uh when i was when I did my class, we all finished, and everybody's ooing and on over their pipes, and I said, "Well, who's gonna fire theirs up and nobody was going to do it and I said, "Well, this is what they're for. Let's fill fill them up and I was the only one to smoke my pipe. <laughs> 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 That's great, it was.
0: Well, Bruce, thanks so much for taking the time out to hang out and chat. I really appreciate it. I know it's been, gosh, a couple of years since we've been talking about doing this, so I'm glad we finally got around to doing it, buddy.
1: Well, I appreciate it. I think you give a good service to everybody. Uh, your website is just a, uh, it's a boon and a, uh, uh, to all pipe enthusiasts, and uh, it's a valued asset to everybody in the hobby. Excellent.
0: Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that.
1: You're more than welcome.
0: And that was my chat with the remarkable Bruce Weaver, super guy and amazing pipe maker. Grab one of his pipes as soon as you can. The secret's out now. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. This is Oli with Oompol.com wishing you very good luck trying to snatch up the coolest Bruce Weaver pipe you can to add to your collection.